everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? We made it to season six. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Indeed it is. So this is our opening to that season. And I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm really excited for the, the guests that we have this lined up for this, you know, this season it's um a pretty amazing lineup yeah it's uh it certainly is i think people really really like uh some of the people and some of the topics and uh it'll be it'll be interesting for sure it's great to be back isn't it yeah um you know uh it's been what a month now since we uh it seems like longer sometimes yeah yeah I missed everybody, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've seen you every day, or not every day, but I mean, we've talked every day and stuff, (laughs) but uh, the listeners, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I did not miss you, let's just make that clear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, uh, you know, we have some changes for the new season that uh, we could talk a little bit about. The listeners, I'm sure, are anxious to and get a little sneak peek little secret tidbits here well i don't know that we want to talk too much about that right now i mean what what did you want to reveal well i mean i i thought maybe you would like introduce the fact that i'm going to be reaching out to different countries oh yes 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 i'm sorry uh i i think you should do that uh who is the Country of the week. Well, we should tell them a little bit about why we're doing that. Um, yes. We are now, like, worldwide, our podcast. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I think at one point we were in 50-something countries. Uh, you know, people were listening to us at least a couple times from, you know, a significant amount of those. Um, and... Uh, you know, it was like 54 countries and 39 states or something like that. Just ridiculous numbers. But, I mean, I'm yeah. thankful for it. Like, great ridiculous, you know. Like, that oxymoron. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I thought that it would be very nice um, if one of us said hello um, to those listeners in their language. All right, well, I'm going to leave that to you. You you decide who it's going to be and, uh, you know, learn well, the language. I, <laughs> uh, I do have, actually, France was uh, one of the countries on our listening list, and also Canada. So I'm going to just address both of those in uh, one greeting. So, um, bonjour to Canada and uh, France. And those listening who speak French. And any of the other countries out there that do speak French. I know there are others. Uh, 
Yeah. I can't I think mean, of any off the top of my head, but <laughs> I know there's more. <laughs> well, you know, even in the U.S., uh, we have several French-speaking people. That's right. Yeah. So, wherever you're listening, I'm sure that uh, you know that I said hello. Okay. So, <laughs> that's something that we have to look forward to each week is a new country and a new a uh, new language for me. So. Mm, who will it be next week? Hmm. Well, you have to listen because I'm not going to tell. All right. Well, okay, there's that. And uh, is there anything else we want to reveal? I don't know. Um, You know, I, I, I think that um, we, about this episode that we have to open with today, this is music royalty that we are getting to start off season six with. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting, her story, for sure. I mean, can you imagine, like, having that family uh, lineage of talent? I mean, you know, I come from a talented group of uh, people, but just in different ways, I guess. Well, uh... None are musicians, let's put it that way. Well, you know, you do have some musical talent there. And, well, uh, I mean, it's all subjective, so. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, you know, I, some people sell themselves short. Sometimes you do that, so I have to be the cheerleader for you in that <laughs> way. Yes. Um, but, you know, I also come from a musical family, uh, many, like my brother and my dad, you know, like a lot of the family play music. So, although I can't relate as far as being musical royalty, uh, I, I can't imagine like how neat it is to grow up around music. Like it was just always a constant in my life. So, yeah. Um, was your mother was your mother uh, musically inclined? <laughs> So, um, she wasn't as bad as she portrayed herself to be, but, um, definitely the music did not come from her side of the family. Um, you know, it it was my dad's side that was amazingly talented. Now, I think in, you know, the case of our guest today, um, she comes from talent on both sides, so. Yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. I, I believe that is true. So, it, it's just, I'm so excited. And, you know, she's premiering a new song that she has coming out. And one of the co-writers is none other than Bobby Tomerlin. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Bobby was a guest, uh, a previous guest on one of our episodes. And, uh, you know, it was uh, great to get to talk to him. And now we get to talk to his friend and co-writer yeah so you know I mean Bobby was an outstanding guest great stories and you know he's absolutely a great songwriter just phenomenal so this is really going to be an exciting interview and a great way to start off season six I agree uh couldn't ask for a better guest for this uh it should be really really interesting for sure well i guess it's about time to find out don't you think i believe so yeah why don't you uh introduce her and we'll get into the episode 
Yeah, let's go say bonjour to your <laughs> Alright, here we go. Today we have with us Tess Frizzell, and Tess, I want to welcome you to Backstory Sessions. We are so excited to um, talk with you today. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I mean, we have not really had musical royalty with us. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, really look at the lineage of your grandmother being Dottie West. Your mother being Shelly West, your dad being a singer-songwriter too, Alan Frizzell, and then your uncles, uh, Lefty and David. Uh, and I mean, are there more? That's that is a lot, isn't it? That's, that's enough right there. Oh yeah. my gosh. Uh, but actually, my granddad, who was married to my grandmother, Dottie West, he was also, he was a steel guitar player. He invented the talking steel and, you know, there's others. Everybody in my family does music somehow or another, but it is a lot of territory to cover. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it, it really seems like that um, you were destined to be musical. Um, did you feel that way at an early age? Oh, yes, gosh, for sure. I mean, my, fa my very, very first memories were just, you know, the tour bus, definitely the tour bus. I learned to walk on the tour bus. <laughs> And just playing at the backstage of whatever stage we were at in whatever city in the country. <laughs> and that would be kind of my playground. So those were all my first memories, you know. And gosh, by the time I was born, it was around that time that my mom and my Uncle David had the hit, You're the Reason God Made Oklahoma. And so... You know, when my mom was pregnant with me, she probably had already sang that like a thousand times. She sang it pregnant with me on the Grammys <laughs> and on all the award shows. <laughs> and so I always joke that I just was born already knowing the words to that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you were on the Grammys, too. Like, uh, probably the youngest person ever on there. Oh, my gosh, yes, the ACM Awards. That is the weirdest story. <laughs> if this story doesn't tell you how strange my childhood was, I don't know what will. But, you know, my mom and my Uncle David, they were nominated for Duo of the Year for um, the ACM Awards. And my mom was back in Nashville giving birth to me. And so my Uncle David attended the awards, and my grandmother just happened to be hosting the awards that year. And so she missed my birth. But Ugh. Dick Clark was actually the producer on the show, and he had this idea to send a film crew here in Nashville. He got some video footage of my mom introducing me and showing me. And, and so my grandmother goes up on the award show. And this was filmed just the day before. So by this point, I'm two days old. And um, and she's standing there with Mickey Gilly and Conway Twitty. And they're like, we heard you just became a grandmother. And she's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you're embarrassing me. and I, But I missed it. And I can't believe it. I can't wait to see her. And they're like, well, do you want to see your grandbaby right now? Here's Tess Marie. <laughs> and they play the footage, and she literally looks like she's about to pass out. You can actually watch this clip on my TikTok. It is the sweetest thing. She is like, <laughs> she's just glowing, and it's just, it's pretty amazing. So, you know, just introduced to the world by 
Mickey <laughs> Gilly and Conway Twitty. Just normal things. <laughs> sure. So that was kind of the norm for you, I guess. Like growing yeah. up, um, being around musical people or people that the rest of us would, you know, think like are celebrities yeah. and would be yeah. so like in awe of meeting, but... Um, what was it like for you with them? Uh, I mean, did they just become like family? Um, yeah, definitely. It was it was totally like that. You know, I I sometimes would ask mom when we were getting close to the next town. I would say, "Who's on this show?" And if it was one I really liked, then I would you know hop out of the bus and go hear them even at sound check and stuff <laughs> but it was just totally normal I wasn't really you know I didn't I didn't really understand even like what famous meant honestly right um you know and even like at dad's house dad would have you know like Keith Whitley over they were good buds and and they'd be playing music together and stuff so I knew which ones were singers pretty much all of them but I I didn't I didn't understand famous or you know any of that really <laughs> and it's interesting too because you know when my grandmother was really um new to town and her and my granddad lived here in nashville and had a house it was kind of like that you know people always say country music is a family and that really is like how it used to be and you know when she was getting her start here she had like the hangout house and so they would come in off the road you know, and open the door and it would be like Chris Christopherson sleeping on the couch, Willie Nelson sleeping on the floor, <laughs> Roger Miller's in the kitchen. <laughs> and they just all hung out there, wrote songs, you know, and sometimes every once in a while they'd live on our couch. <laughs> and that's just how it was. So um, the tour bus, what is it like growing up? on a tour bus you said you you got your first steps on there like you learned to walk on yeah. there yeah um, well I loved the tour bus and now looking back I'm like wow I mean all of those hours driving down the road and there was no iPads <laughs> you know there was no there was no iPods no iPad no cell phone you know um and just I would just hang out with the band. I was always the last one to go to sleep. And the band was always such a good, you know, even as I got older and I was like watching the little mermaid on there. I mean, they were just like, the band was just like my family, you know, and, and, um, and it was so fun. Oh my gosh. If you haven't slept on a bus, the engine hum from a bus is like <laughs> the best sleep you will ever get. But, you know, I loved the tour bus days. And it's funny, too, because sometimes when mom had a show, I would get out. Of course, if it was a fair, now I would go ride all the rides. And this shows you how long ago it was, too, because it's like <laughs> I was just by myself, you know, and, and didn't get kidnapped. <laughs> just would go ride all the rides and whatever. But if it wasn't a fair, sometimes I'd hang out backstage. Sometimes I'd stay on the bus. and But every once in a while... I would, you know, just as a child has a curious streak, I would sometimes <laughs> sneak off of the bus and maybe sneak onto, you know, I snuck onto Merle Haggard's bus and Lily's <laughs> bus. 
<laughs> and I won't tell you what I found on Willie's bus. But <laughs> Merle's bus, <laughs> Merle's bus always had a little dog, either one or two little dogs. And so I would, you know, I snuck onto his bus a couple times. Hmm. Um, did you have any pets on your tour bus? No, we did not have any pets on our tour bus. You know, the band members were probably enough. <laughs> 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 enough to keep up with. <laughs> So, um, did did you go to school on the tour bus? Like, did you have a, a tutor, teacher, or did you go that's to a, school? That's a great question. Great question. No, I started school. You know, once I was started kindergarten, I started school here in Nashville, and then I would go on the road with mom. You know, weekends or summers, of course, with entertainers that's a lot of times when they have their gigs is when and I that's when I really learned when I started school I didn't realize at the time that everybody like didn't have a tour bus (laughs) (laughs) and so you know I know and then and then I realized when I started school that a lot of other people's parents they worked like Monday through Friday and I thought huh you know my family usually works on holidays or on weekends or on the summer, like the time when your parents aren't working. And so I kind of, you know, picked up on that. But I would still, you know, go on the road with mom when I wasn't in school. But I, I didn't, you know, um, I didn't have a tutor, like a, a road tutor or anything. So uh, in school, did you participate um, in music? Were you in band or choir? Oh, good question. Yes, I was in choir one year and I was in, oh, I was in the marching band. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we, we actually were in the Macy's Day Parade one year, the marching band, the Franklin High School marching band. (laughs) All right. Shout out to them. That's That's right. (laughs) Um, what did you play in band? Oh, I played the clarinet. <laughs> I played the clarinet, and actually, when when we went and did the Macy's Day um, parade, um, I remember Martina McBride was literally like right. I was in like the last line, you know, the clarinet's there, and Martina McBride was like right behind me, and I was like, Martina, <laughs> she didn't hear me, but I'm just thinking like, you know, like I know everybody or something, and and but that was fun. Unexperienced. Hmm. So, um, was there ever someone that um, you were starstruck on when you when you met oh, them? Yeah, that is really a great question. Um, because you know, growing up, I really mostly wasn't because I just kind of didn't know any better. I just it's like I did not know to be impressed and. Hmm. Right. And and so even when um, they were making the the TV movie on my grandmother's life, I was at the filming of that most days. And and Chris Christopherson was there, Willie, Dolly Parton, Loretta Lynn and, you know, Kenny Rogers. They were all there. And I, I remember not I didn't even really I didn't even go over and talk to Chris. I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> I love Chris Christopherson, <laughs> you know, and so it's like I didn't get it. But then fast forward to when I became an adult and my uncle David Frizzell was doing this project called Frizzell and Friends and he um, had me on it I had a small little part on this album and then we also filmed 
um, for the album for RFD TV. And, you know, T. Graham Brown was on it, Crystal Gale, Johnny Lee, all, all these great um, country legends. And Merle Haggard was on it. And by this point, oh, I just loved Merle Haggard, right? You know? Right. And he's like my favorite. And But it was so strange because all of a sudden, I'm an adult at this point. And I remember after we filmed, and of course, I'm on the project. Like, I'm on the album with him and everything, you know? And so after it's done with the filming and stuff, I go over there and I'm talking to him. And he knows who I am. And he's telling me some old stories lake shasta and bringing up mom and stuff and out of nowhere i have this fan moment and it was almost like i was like what's happening to me (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what i'm experiencing right now but i am like trying to play it cool and (laughs) i'm like i'm in awe all of a sudden meanwhile i told you like i said just a few minutes ago i was just sneaking on his bus as a kid like it was nothing you know (laughs) but it was totally different as an adult and i had gotten to be you know had the honor of being on something with him and it was just like by this point too of course i appreciated you know his career and his music and i really got it but I really had that is like my biggest like fan moment that I've had. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. And so, with your grandmother, um, what what was that like? Like outside of the world of the, you know, of performing, like what things did you do together? What memories do you have of her? Oh, yeah. Great question. Well, she was just so fun. And for anyone that met her, she just had the warmest, most charismatic personality, really, of anyone. And so I'll even still hear to this day, you know, some people who are like, you know, I just happened to be on an elevator with her for like 30 seconds one time and I'll never forget it. (laughs) And that's just kind of the personality that she has. She was just so warm, so, so charismatic. And You know, I just remember, of course, as a grandmother, she just spoiled the heck out of me. (laughs) And, you know, so there was a lot of great memories like that. I remember a couple of years before she died, she she just worked so many dates on the year, uh, um, you know, during the year. I I think, you know, I heard an interview the other day where she was like, I've had 320 tour dates this year. It it was at the end of December. And someone said, how many tour dates have you had? She said 320. I thought that's crazy. So she was gone a lot, you know, but I have this one memory. I want to say I'm going to be third grade and she just happened to be in town, but it was a school night, but she's like, I'm in town and I want to see Tess. And so she shows up in a convertible at the house and I even had a friend over. She's like, no, bring the friend. And so (laughs) she takes us, she's like driving downtown Nashville. She's like, anywhere you want to go. Of course, we're in third grade. We're like, I don't know. TGI Fridays. I mean, she's like, okay. She's like, anywhere you want to go, anywhere you want to shop. And we just did not, you know, fully appreciate. And then she takes me back home. Of course, it's like super late, you know, (laughs) and pulls in and we've been riding all over town in this uh, convertible. And she's like, okay. She's like, this was so fun. And until I see you next time. And she hands us each a hundred dollar bill. That was her thing. A hundred dollar bill. Wow. (laughs) So we get out of the car. And of course my friend is like, oh my gosh, this is a hundred (laughs) dollar (laughs) bill. But you know, I mean, my grandmother put a hundred dollar bills in the Easter eggs when we would hunt at Easter. (laughs) 
<laughs> so she, you know, she was a little bit extra. Um, so I know that there's an amazing backstory to your latest song that's just been released, um, The Wrong One. Yeah. Uh, but when I started to hear the backstory of the song, I'm thinking, like, you are absolutely the right one to sing. Um, yeah, I like so, that turn on it. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's just, um, it's just amazing how it came to be. So, uh, let's start with that. So, your oh, grandmother, yeah. you know, yeah. she had passed away, but she, uh, as I understand it, had um, like she wrote down her songs, like literally That's wrote right. them down. Yes, and what a and, cool. This song really is perfect for this podcast because it does have a great backstory. Yes. And I love, I love when things have a great story behind them. And so I just feel like this whole experience was totally meant for me because it's like, it's the song, but it's the story. And I love how it all came together. So, you know, like I said a minute ago, she just worked so many dates, you know, e even in the early days, just was working all the time. And so when she was on the road, she had a habit of, um, having these, you know, the yellow legal pads. Yes. And um, she would just fill them with song ideas. So some of them are titles, some of them are a hook, some of them are a song, or just some lines here and there. And so actually, a couple of years ago, and, and these particular ones are from the 1960s. So we're talking like 50, 60 years ago. Wow. And yeah, and we still have them. And and um, Ron Harmon takes care of a lot of, um, for my family, Takes he works at the Hall of Fame, and he takes care of a lot of the things that we keep for her estate. And he pulled them out um, a few years ago, a couple years ago, and was telling my mom about them. And, and they both agreed that, you know, a song should be born out of them. And so they went to Bobby Tomberlin. And so Bobby Tomberlin is a hit songwriter here in Nashville. For anyone who doesn't know, gosh, he's had songs basically cut by everybody but he was a writer on the song one more day diamond rio lots yes. of songs yes and but he'd never met my grandmother so when he got the notebook and he found a, a great song in there he said you know i'm going to team up with steve warner because she got um steve into the business when he was just 17 years old she brought him along on the road with her and got him his start in the business and he's never forgot that and he just knew her so well so together they wrote a song off of these notebooks and then as if that's not cool enough Jeannie Seeley who was really a best friend to my grandmother she was writing yeah. a new album and she recorded the song and that song is called if you can call it that mm -hmm. and that whole experience was just so magical and like I mean what a story and that was a couple of years ago. And so Bobby said, you know, that was like the coolest thing ever. And we still have all these notebooks. So I think we should do it again. And then you can be a part of it. And so I said, oh, yeah, we've got to do that. <laughs> so he found the title to this song, the wrong one in there and a line or two. And we took it down to Muscle Shoals, you know, um, Sometimes you just got to get out of Nashville <laughs> and you might be stuck in three hours traffic doing it, <laughs> but, but we, we took it down to Muscle Shoals and uh, where there's just, you know, it's just steeped in, in music um, history there. 
and we met up with hit songwriter Billy Lawson. And Billy Lawson owns Wishbone Studios. Now, Wishbone Studios is, I mean, you walk in there and you immediately feel that cool, old retro vibe still there. I mean, obviously all the sound equipment's updated, but I mean, you feel like the vibe of mm-hmm. Roy Orbison recording there, Hank Jr. cut Family Tradition there, which is, I feel like, kind of like the song track to my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Um, and so it was just the perfect place. And funny thing about this, too, we go there and we're like, Billy, we want you to help us finish writing this song and then we're going to record it here. And, you know, because of like pandemic life, everything's just up in the air. You don't even know what day it is. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> like You don't even you lose all sense of time in pandemic time. And we had also kind of rearranged it, rescheduled it. And so we finished writing the song. And I literally, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, I'm already like, this is magic. And then I looked down at my phone and I said, are you kidding me? It is literally the anniversary date of the day my grandmother died. And mm-hmm. here, all these years later, mm-hmm. even though she died on this day, it's like she's still living through her music because she has a brand new song today. And I'm a wow. part of it. I know. That's awesome. So. Oh my goodness! I, I mean, I can't imagine what that feeling must have been like. Like she was, oh yeah, you, um, yes, somehow. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. So, is she these the handwriting? I mean, I think that's interesting because I know with my uh, parents who have both passed away, like seeing things that they've written down uh, is very special to me. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, with her handwriting, I have to know this, like, for my own personal experience. Right? Yes. Things. I mean, did she have, like, arrows and, uh, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> or was it, oh, like, you know, very... That is such a great question, because I don't know what it is about handwriting that is, like, so telling about the like when you see someone's handwriting it's like you it's a part of them you know and of course we've kind of lost that we don't we don't really send each other letters anymore you know right but there's something so like beautiful and just like almost romantic about it you know somebody's handwriting being like an extension of them and so naturally um i'm here to tell you that her handwriting is absolutely gorgeous (laughs) which is (laughs) No surprise. It would be kind of funny if it was like total chicken scratch. That would almost be <laughs> hilarious. But no, it was like really beautiful, <laughs> like uh-huh. the best handwriting, and just you know script like you know even you would think kind of like because people who are songwriters know this that a song idea will hit you like out of nowhere. You know maybe you're in the shower, maybe you're wherever you are and you have to like get it out quick because it just comes and, it, and you'll lose it you know yeah. right and so you would think that you know jotting down like a quick song idea it's gonna be like chicken scratch but no no <laughs> it literally looks like some beautiful uh, <laughs> script on there <laughs> did you feel like um more pressure in writing or finishing a song that she started like than than you would just a a, a song that yes you know, the idea came to you yes <laughs> yes well 
honestly, as far as songwriting goes, I just kind of felt intimidated and pressured, period. So what's funny is, you know, I always sang, but as much as I loved to write, and writing has always come so easy to me. And in fact, I went to Belmont University and I studied creative writing there. But I was so intimidated by songwriting just because of my family that I just like wouldn't do it. And it's hard to explain, but you know, like when you sing, you can be nervous, really nervous at first, but then once you start, I mean, you just, it just naturally is what it is versus writing. I just feel like you can get so in your head and overthink it so much. And, and, um, and that's just honestly for anybody, much less someone who comes from, uh, you know, a family like that. And, and, you know, it's just, you know, my grandmother and my granddad, they co-wrote the song, Here Comes My Baby. And that literally uh, won her. She was the first female country artist in history to win a Grammy with that song <laughs> that wow. they wrote. And then you've got like my uncle Lefty Brazil. I mean, gosh, his writing career is just, oh, especially the ones with him and Whitey Schaefer. I mean, they wrote That's the Way Love Goes. And that was a hit for both Johnny Rodriguez and Merle Haggard. So, oh, and then my dad wrote um, a number one hit for Gene Watson. I could just go on and on. But the point <laughs> is, it is intimidating. And you just feel like, you know, it's just, it was, I really was in my head about it. And so the funny thing about this is Bobby Tomberlin, you know, he has had songs cut from truly just, uh, everyone anyone Kenny mm -hmm. Rogers I mean you could just name someone and really I mean right now he's about to have a song come out that he was uh, a writer on that is Bill Anderson and Dolly Parton are on it so <laughs> and and but when you uh, yeah and last year he had a song that was Willie Nelson and Barbara Stry Streisand that he wrote right, yeah. yeah and so when you get to that level the thing about that is everyone wants to write a song with you i mean constantly people are begging him right. <laughs> to write a song with him naturally right well in in this particular instance i was just intimidated and he kept telling me he was like tess i know you're a songwriter he was like i know there are songs in you i can hear it when you talk i can hear it like you're totally a writer he's like i know you're a songwriter just write a song with me <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> he was trying to talk me into it because i was like i know it's because <laughs> so no i was intimidated <laughs> And but the awesome thing about Bobby is when you get in the room with him, he just makes you so comfortable and you get totally out of the overthinking part and you just get in a creative zone. And, you know, like session one of us writing, which ended up being like literally 10 hours long. Oh, and this is funny, too. We get done with our songwriting appointment. We've been doing it for like eight or nine hours. And we wrote like two or three songs. I'm like, wow, like, how do you feel like that went? Like, I mean, I feel like that's pretty good. I mean, you know, how does it usually go? And he's like, well, they're usually like a couple hours long. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and he's like, no, I mean, it was great like that. It was so great. And then, too, you know, we would be writing and I'd be like, OK, Bobby, Bobby. I mean, I really, I think we can come up with a better line than that. And he'd be like, yeah, you're, uh, <laughs> you are not intimidated anymore. <laughs> and so, so it's really great writing with him. But, you know, as far as this particular song where it was finishing one of hers, 
it did add a little bit of a level to it. You know, at that point, I wasn't nervous about the songwriting, and and it was just natural. But there were moments where I'm like, hmm, well, would she say that? Hmm, well, would she? You know, where you're kind of thinking like that, which does add a whole nother, yeah. <laughs> another level to it. So this song, um, you know, is is about a couple that are, I guess, not really a match, uh, right. but you know they found each other and and they're not willing to walk away. So mm-hmm. as as you're writing it, do you connect with your grandmother, um, not as a granddaughter so much, but just as a woman experience? Yes. Yes. Oh, what a great question. Yeah, you know, I she had a lot of different um, heartbreak in her life, as a lot of people do. But she, I think she might have had an extra dose or two, um, if you don't know her story. But she, you know, but she just used that, and and it fueled her, you know, with writing and different things. But what's really beautiful about that is I don't know exactly what was going on with her in the moment that she wrote some of these lines, but I was thinking about it, and, you know, it's obviously a story of of heartbreak, not from someone, um, a situation where there's, like, a villain, like, and I just, I loved that, because, you know, not every story needs a villain, for there to be heartbreak and it's still heartbreak because they're just not right for each other and they just keep trying but it is just really wrong for both of them and I really loved that even if she wrote that down 50 or 60 years ago it's so universal that I picked it up with my own heartbreak and my own version of knowing what that was like 60 years later and the story is still true and so to me that's what makes a classic that 50 years from now someone could hear this song and they would think yeah that's what i'm going through you know i'm not with the right person mm-hmm. you know i had that as a question actually uh, because i do think like it's going to be relevant uh 50 years from now and um so i i like the line in the song where it talks about um you know our that everybody knows someone like this, someone that mm-hmm. is helping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you ever been that person? Oh boy, am I that person! <laughs> <laughs> I am so that person. <laughs> this, this song is a little bit of my own uh, experience. I was coming off of, you know. Um, 12, 12, 12, 13 years of that experience. And then finally was just giving myself the grace to let go and be like, wow, like, it's okay that this is not a bad person. They're just not the right person for me. And I'm not the right person for them. There's no one bad here. It's okay to walk away, you know? And, um, but I am so the type where I just do not give up, like, <laughs> which is wonderful in some situations, you know, like you're really persistent. And, <laughs> yeah. and then in other situations, it is not your friend. And th- that was one. So um, was writing it kind of therapeutic in that way? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. I was literally going through it during the writing of this. <laughs> And um, and so it was definitely therapy. And I think probably most writers um, will tell you that it's 
a lot of times it's their therapy, you know, and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's definitely an experience that was my own experience, but that's the thing. I mean, in life, we're all going to experience the same emotions, you know, just from different, um, stories, but this emotion is just, you know, heartbreak from the story of trying to force something that shouldn't have been and having to, you know, figure out and navigate the leaving. So did you find that uh, writing it with a male, so with Bobby, um, Mm -hmm. gives it a little different, he had a little different perspective, like how to work those together? Yes. Yes. Well, you know, I kind of feel like the lines my grandmother had and um, were totally, totally congruent to like what I was thinking, what I was feeling. Bobby was brilliant on the melody on this. And and Billy is such a, a quick writer. I mean, he's an incredible writer. He wrote, um, I Left Something Turned On at Home, Trace Adkins, a bunch of Leanne Wilmot mac cuts and stuff but he's very very quick to come up with a great line but what was happening i found as we were doing this was he would very quickly find the perfect like this great line to the song but i was like no that doesn't match the story because it was so easy it was so tempting to like throw the guy under the bus for instance you know like right in the song he kept being so tempted to be like oh like let's just make him a bad guy I've got so many great lines for that you know and I was like yeah but that's not the story like the story is they're just the wrong one and that's good enough like that's heartbreak enough they don't have to be they didn't have to do you wrong they didn't have to do this or do that like it's actually heartbreaking enough because it's two really good people like trying to make something work and they can't because they're just not right for each other and that's the story so it was a little bit of a challenge because you know in his version and i don't know if it's because he's probably not because he's a male just probably because he um, has his own stories that he brings. Every every writer has their own stories that they bring, and plus he's just such a great writer. And there's probably there probably were some great lines there to be had, but it was not the story of it. And so I really fought <laughs> for there to be no villain in this. You know, it was just a tumultuous relationship, sure, but only because they just didn't fit. And I I think that's a really unique take on songs because as you were talking about you know most of the time there is a villain you know one person defeated or one person has you know whatever so um i I think a lot of people will relate and appreciate that you took this angle with it it's really thing to me so what do you think your grandmother uh, would think of the song now that it's finished and out oh gosh I you know I actually really do feel that she would be so proud I feel like she would love it and I really just think and I'm and I almost hate saying that because it almost feels like I'm sounding like I have an ego <laughs> and I really don't um but I really do feel like I just feel it I really feel like she would in fact I'll just have little moments. I mean, maybe it's weird, but like the other day 
I was, we were driving, Bobby and I were literally driving to WSM radio to do the world premiere of the song with Bill Cody on the show. And it had been pouring rain all night, pouring rain all morning. I was worried about my hair because <laughs> it was going to be aired on, on circle TV. So <laughs> I'm like worried about my hair and it had been raining. I run to the car and on the drive there, literally on Briley Parkway, which actually she had her car accident on Briley Parkway right before the Grand Ole Opry. And we hit Briley Parkway right before we're going to get to WSM. And all of a sudden, the sun comes out. And I literally, like, I was trying not to cry because now I'm worried about my mascara. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it just felt like a little bit of country sunshine peeked out. And I just, like, kind of felt like she was there with me. And she was just proud and there, you know. Uh, what is, has your mom, uh, what does she think of it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my mom. It's just like the cutest thing. It's so funny because now the roles have switched. You know, she was the daughter in the situation where they were both like famous at the same time. In fact, they were both um, nominated for a Grammy in the same category against each other, which wow. is the only time in history a mother and daughter have been up against each other. They were up for vocal event of the year. It was my grandmother and Kenny Rogers against my mom and my uncle David, but uh, the Oak Ridge boys won that year. So, uh, <laughs> but so they were, you know, it was like they had this whole experience together where my grandmother was so proud of my mom and getting to watch her. And it was this whole experience, you know, and now it's this crazy switch and she just doesn't even know like what to do with herself. It is so funny. She loves the song so much. And uh, she sent me this really long text first thing in the morning one morning that was like, I'm so proud of you and I believe in this song and I just can't, just this whole really long thing and she was like, happy release day. And then I got back to her, I was like, mom, you, you're two days early. It, it doesn't come out today. <laughs> uh. so, she's, she's a little bit excited to say the least. Aww. So Matt, what do you think of all this? Oh, it, I mean, really, it, it's a really cool story about how this song came to be. And, uh, you know, I, I just had a question about, like, when you were, you know, when you started school and, you know, you're going to school and you're hanging out with all these famous people on the weekends and yeah, doing the whole tour thing. And, uh, I mean, did you ever feel, like, a little bit disconnected with, like, I want to say for lack of a better term, normal kids? Right. Oh, that's a great question. I, you know, for the most part, because I was raised around people so much, you know, I just found it very easy to fit in. Like I would just, if I was ever around an adult as a kid, I would just strike up a conversation, you know, right. because I hung out with a lot of adults and stuff. And if we were ever at the hotel and there was a pool, I'd run up and strike a conversation with a kid because I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's another kid. <laughs> so I really was very social and outgoing and stuff. But I remember a couple of instances, just a couple where I thought, whoa, this is unusual. Like when I was, I want to say maybe it was maybe second grade, third grade. My grandmother came to my school to get me, which was unusual. But again, she had such a crazy tour schedule and it must have just been a situation where she could spend a little time with me. So she comes to the school and 
I hadn't really thought about it before, but she <laughs> she starts walking up to the school and she's literally, I can picture it as if it were yesterday. She literally had on skin tight black pants, <laughs> tall boots. <laughs> Her hair was huge. She had on huge rhinestone earrings. And for some reason, this really put it over the top for me. She had on this black leather bracelet that had spikes coming out of it. <laughs> and I literally just remember at first seeing her, being excited. And then I look around and I'm like, oh, everyone was looking. Literally yeah. everyone. And it wasn't like a moment of embarrassed, but it was a moment of like, I am so not normal and there's literally nothing about my life or my family that's normal and <laughs> this is like totally unusual <laughs> and that really stood out. Um, so, I mean, I, I know you're in Nashville and I know you, you know, you know pretty much everybody and stuff, but, uh, uh you know, what do you think of country music and the direction that it's going these days? Oh gosh, well that is a loaded <laughs> question <know>. because <laughs> because it's it's you know I hate so much. I feel like the world we live in today can be so um, negative. You know, like everyone has to take a side on things, right, and I yeah. hate that. I really hate that feeling. I mean, that that's so across the board on every issue. It just feels so divisive. So everyone has um, just never been so either you're one side or the other, and I hate that. And right. but I, I, you know, the truth is, I just I don't, I don't really resonate with a lot of what the new country is, and and it's not even just because I'm like. I only like old school country and everything has to be right, <laughs> how it was yeah. 40 years. It's not that necessarily. It's just really not for me. It's like not my taste. I mean, hey, I like other other things too. I mean, even when I went down to Muscle Shoals, I'm like, oh my gosh, Percy Sledge recorded here, Aretha Franklin, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, other genres and stuff, you know, but I just, I have to say I'm not a huge fan, but, but I think what I'm hoping is that because we're in, a day and age of all this crazy social media and crazy way where you can just get in front of people and get your stuff heard and get listened to, get in front of ears, get in front of eyes in a different, very fast way. I'm really kind of hoping that maybe there can just be a place for everyone. You know, maybe, maybe there can be like a bro country genre and right. a, a new classic country genre and, a, you know, like a just maybe break off into different genres where there's you know because there's maybe some things that i like but it's just a lot of the production on things i just i'm not a huge fan of um right. today and i'm really i do love like a great track and it, you know or i shouldn't even say track i mean but like on this song for instance billy produced this and it was just so tasteful so right to me which was so important and like the guitar part on the front just catches you and it's like so gorgeous and i'm a huge fan of that you know i, I want the music to play a part and be just as beautiful and so it's kind of hard for me <laughs> to appreciate um some of the new stuff but i'm just hoping that there can be a place for all of it you know mm-hmm Fair enough. Uh, so you met. You mentioned that you know pretty much everyone. Is there anyone that you're looking forward to meeting in the future? That or maybe someone that you'd like to work with that uh, 
Wow. Oh, that's an interesting one. You know, there are some that I would kind of like to re-meet. Like, you know, I have a picture of Emmylou Harris holding me as a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't seen her in so many years. I love Emmylou Harris. Like, I would love to, like, re-meet her. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I might have one of those fan moments like I had with Merle. <laughs> you never know. Right? <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, so we've had Bobby as a guest on the show and Jeannie Seely and stuff. Uh, I know that you you spend a lot of time with uh, them. I, I get, well, I get yes. the impression that you do. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what what's next for you? I mean, you have the new single out, and uh, what, are you, yeah. what are you doing next? Yeah. Well, I am truly trying to really soak up enjoying this, honestly. I have one of those personalities, and you kind of have to in the business, which I get that, but I do have one of those personalities that's like, okay, what's next? Okay, what's next? And I forget to, like, stop and enjoy stuff. And so I have, like, really been purposeful to try to stop and enjoy releasing this song because we really held it back for months, and we were just waiting for the right time, and... And I have loved so much hearing people's responses and it's been amazing, especially with like actual, you know, peers in the industry. Like it actually got the the top song picked on WSM this week by Bill Cody and um, and it was in Music Row magazine with a great review by Robert K. Orman. And for anyone who knows him as a music critic, it's it can go either way you know he's a true music critic and so I'm trying to really soak those moments up and enjoy it but ultimately my goal for sure would be to continue this and 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 really make a full project and maybe head back down to Muscle Shoals pick up a little bit more of that magic down there and and see what we can do Mm -hmm. are you doing any uh touring or anything like that oh yes there's several shows coming up actually here in Nashville we've got this our biggest week, it used to be called Fanfare, and now it's CMA Fest, and right. that's um, this coming week here, and I've got a couple of things in town. If I can figure out how to get downtown to them, <laughs> <laughs> I will be singing um, at the Glen Campbell Museum, um, a show there during that week, as well as there's a Next Generation show that's a fun one to do where it's actually like Fair and Young's son and Bob Lumen's daughter and Johnny Rodriguez's daughter and you know um, and so that's a really cool one to do because you kind of have that connection where you're like oh you totally get me (laughs) (laughs) and um, and so that's a fun one and then there's also oh I'm really looking forward to this I have some other shows mixed in there too I'm looking forward to all of them trust me Um, when you're a musician or a singer or or anything you look forward to all of them especially after a pandemic Uh, but one in particular in August really excites me at the Texas Country Music Hall of Fame um, in Carthage, Texas. My uncle David is getting inducted into no. the Texas Country Music Hall of Fame this year, and I get to sing that show and be there for the induction, and I'm so excited for that. Awesome. All right, Kat, yeah. you got you got time for one more question before we let Tess go. Well, um, we implemented this uh, at the end of our last season, where Matt and I both would think of a question, uh, probably unrelated to anything from the interview, and uh, we would let the guests choose that they wanted to answer Matt's question or Kat's question. Oh. Uh, so I guess that will be our good one to end with. You can um, choose either 
and we will ask the question and see what you have to say. Oh, okay. So I pick one of you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, before hearing. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Um. Okay, let's go with Matt. Whoa, Damn. Matt. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> Did I mess the right choice? <laughs> yeah, well, my questions are a lot easier than Kat's. So, um. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Whew. All right, so if you can go back and play on any album that's been released since the beginning of time, um, wh- who would it? whose album would it be and why? Okay. Let me think about this. I mean, Gosh. you know, like, Anyone? so many. Yeah, anybody. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, wow. That's really something. You know, I, and I love so many really, really older, um, right. older ones. But I, I think I would have to say Leanne Womack. Um, let's see, what was the one, oh, I'm trying to think of what the title, title track to that album was, that was so, um, it was not the one, I Hope You Dance, it was before that. Okay. Uh, oh, I'll have to, I'll have to think on what the name of the album was, but that album was so amazing to me. I literally loved every single bit of it. She was so country but like classy but i loved the production on it everything like was so perfect to me and like if i of course i was too young at the time but like if we're talking total time travel privileges here (laughs) you know then i would totally go back and like have been a part of that like even if it would have been like a little tiny like backup singer (laughs) anything (laughs) (laughs) that album was like magical to me and i must have i well, you know, it was CDs then, and I literally, I think I played that so much that it just got totally scratched up, and I had to buy another one, mm-hmm. and, you know, but that's just tough. I mean, I'm also a huge Linda Ronstadt fan, too, oh, yeah, but, awesome, uh, but I'm going to say Leanne Womack. Okay, <laughs> good enough. Uh, do you want to take the option of answering one of Kat's questions? <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> Okay. Give me your easiest one that you had. <laughs> <laughs> well, my standard one has been, what is the craziest thing you've done in the name of love? Oh, boy. <laughs> had- wow. Hmm. Craziest thing I've done in the name of love. You know, it's, I'm a huge romantic, like, and, and Bobby can tell you this. And so, um, but I, I, I tend to play it safe, hence the, hence the staying in a, <laughs> in a relationship <laughs> for 12 years, as I mentioned. Um, so honestly, like, I really feel like even though it's kind of a boring answer and I hate that, I feel like the craziest thing I did was like walk away after 12 years and I said, you know, this is not it for me. And it was like so terrifying and so scary and you feel so tempted to be like just angry with yourself or or whatever. And it was like, I couldn't even believe I was doing it because I was also at this point where I was like, oh my gosh, what is everybody going to think, you know? 
you know, like, oh no, like I don't want it to be divorced because yeah. if that's, uh, you know, we're, we're in, <laughs> we're in, <laughs> in 2022 here. Um, but I, I was so like thinking, oh no, what will everyone think of me and all this stuff. And it, it took like the hugest, that was the craziest thing to me. I never thought, I never thought I could do that. I never thought I could leave or like get divorced or anything like that. I thought, oh gosh, I just couldn't do that. And I did. And he's so much better for it. And I'm so much better for it. And I'm, you know. I'm now madly in love with a wonderful songwriter, <laughs> and it all works out. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, we've certainly enjoyed having you on. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you. You know, it, it's been a great conversation, and uh, we hope you feel the same way. And, uh, well, this was so much fun. You guys have great questions. I loved it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we'd love to have you back sometime. Um, you know, we'll try and make that happen if you're interested. Uh, sure. Maybe we'll have you and Bobby on the show at the same time. That'd be oh, really Oh, yo, cool. that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. That'd that really be come really up. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. We, Perfect. We had him on before, and he was, a, he was one of our favorite guests, of course. Oh, he's the best. All right, Kat, uh, anything else before we say goodbye? Oh, I just I just uh, want to say thank you for sharing this amazing story and uh, best wishes as you go forward with this song and uh, other songs that you may uh, finish, um, you know, from your grandmother. Uh, I, I just, I love the whole story and I really am so honored that you shared it with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, Tess, thank you so much. Uh, we hope you get out of that parking lot and uh, I know. <laughs> find your way home. <laughs> All right, thank you, guys. All right, take okay. care. Bye. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iwriteplays at outlook.com. Or you can write to me at BackstorySessions at gmail.com or Matt at Level11Ventures.com. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.